Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today, we are thrilled to have as our special guest, Bob Holpeck, CMAA Executive Director of the no, I mean, it's the director of, of Athletics Association of New Jersey. Explain that to me. How do you say it exactly right, Godfather? So you have it, Mark. Directors of Athletic Association of New Jersey, Incorporated. <laughs> okay, there you go. And of course, Bob, better known in NIAAA circles as the Godfather, is our guest today. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm honored. I'm, uh, thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Good. Let's have you start, Godfather, by telling us where you grew up, where you went. Well, I know where you went to college, but share that with the rest of our listeners, your first job. Yeah, sure, sure. I went to uh, graduate from a small uh, town in, in New Jersey, Phillipsburg High School, population about 16,000 people uh, in 1964. And from there, I uh, went on to uh, participate and play college athletics at the University of Minnesota at Moorhead, which was Moorhead State College at that time. And what did you play there? What sports? I was, uh, I'm sorry, I was, uh, I played uh, football. I was a defensive back, linebacker. I punted and kicked off. And I'm assuming that you were very successful at that venture there. Well, I, I did okay. I was, uh, <laughs> I did okay. I, uh, I had a I had a very, very nice career. Uh, uh, yes, I did. I did well. Uh, had a chance to go up to Calgary to play. Uh, didn't work out. I decided to get married instead, uh, which I don't regret one bit. Uh, but I had a very good, successful college career. I did not know that. So the, yeah. the Stampeders came calling and you went up for uh, a trial. No, I didn't go up. I didn't go up. I got the letter. I didn't go. <laughs> okay. I got married instead. Explain to our audience how a nice... Jersey boy from a small town in Jersey winds up in Minnesota Moorhead because that's yeah that's, that's there's kind of a disconnect there. It's, it's an interesting uh, story. Uh, when we graduated from high school, um, I had no plans on going anywhere uh, only because uh, my academic uh, academics weren't that great in school. Uh, when I want to go to prep school, went to a, a little school called Moravian Preparatory in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Me and about eight other guys. And during the uh, month of May, when we were getting ready to graduate from the prep school, they, we decided to make applications at different colleges and universities. And, and one of them was Moorhead State. At that time, Moorhead State was well known because in um, 64, they were the national champions uh, in wrestling. And uh, for those of you who are older, probably in wrestling fans, you probably remember a guy by the name of uh, uh, Bill Berg, uh, Mm -hmm. who, uh, who beat Jim Nance. He's the only one that ever beat Jim Nance. So he beat him 3 2 in the, in the semis. Uh, he, went to, he, didn't, he went on to lose it. Uh, but uh, we all decided to apply to Moorhead. Um, within a week, we all got accepted and we went. We dropped out of prep school and we got jobs and ended up going to, to, to Minnesota. 
how far is how far is it from the metropolitan area of Minneapolis, St. Paul? 240 miles, 240 miles, about six hours. So yeah. south, if yes. I from my geography. North, was, no, north, no, north. north. We're, we're up by International Fall. Right, we're right across the river from Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. When you got out of uh, Moorhead and then you got married, where was your first job in education? Well, my first job in education was at North Hunter High School, but prior to that, uh, I made applications all over. I was volunteering to be a coach uh, just to get my foot in the door in any, any universe or any, any school that would have me. Uh, but my first job, I worked with the, uh, the welfare department in New Jersey. Uh, and as luck would have it, one of the instructors at the school that I finally got the job at resigned in late August. And so um, I guess I was the, the last person with a physical education degree that was eligible to become a teacher. So I got a call from the school and the rest is history. I was here for 38 years. And you began coaching there then? Yes, I began coaching. I taught uh, health, driver education, physical education, and I coached uh, football, wrestling, and track. Three sport guy. Yeah, three sports. How to survive. You know, how to, the salaries weren't that great back then, Mark. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I understand that. So tell me, tell me how then coaching got you into the athletic director world. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the young guy, I think I was maybe 23, 24. Uh, my former high school football coach was the principal at the high school and the current uh, director of athletics uh, resigned. And I got a call to come into the office and he said, how would you like to be the director of athletics? And I said, well, first of all, what does the job entail? I have no, I knew nothing about it. Uh, I just knew that you scheduled and uh, you, you dealt with some uh, angry parents every now and then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I said, uh, sure, why not? If it's going to, you know, it's going to make me a better person. I'd be more than glad to at least look at it. So uh, that was it. I became an athletic director at a very young age, 24 years old at a, a group four high school, which is one of the bigger ones in New Jersey at the time, uh, dealing with people twice my age, trying to uh, make things work for everybody. What year was that, Bob? was in 1970, so I got the job in 69, 72, 72, 73 school year. Yep. So by comparison, I was just out of high school for by one year then, and you were already in AD. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, now that, let's yeah. talk for a minute about the mentors you've had in your life, parents, teachers, coaches at a young age and then in the athletic director world. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's an interesting uh, question, Mark. Um, I, I, I really, let me try to answer it like this. I really don't remember if I had any real good mentors in high school. Uh, the only reason I really went to school, uh, this is interesting, uh, might as well tell a good story for you. I got cut my senior year of high school uh, from the football team, and I uh, was very disappointed. I really went to school to play football, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and again, I was very successful. I ended up getting a scholarship after my first year. Uh, I guess the only mentor I really had, or the person I really uh, looked up to a lot, was my JV football coach who gave me an opportunity and was kind of disappointed that I got cut from the team as well. Uh, other than, you know, my dad and, and uh, my grandparents, uh, uh, they were my biggest, uh, biggest supporters. Excellent. Now, let's talk for a minute about the nickname, the moniker you have as the Godfather. 
And I want you to share with our audience here in Utah and across the nation how it is, because everyone in the NIAAA knows the Godfather. And so how did, how did that yeah. come to be? Well, that's a good question. I think it's because of my suits, the, the <laughs> pinstripe suits I wear. Uh, and maybe because I have a little accent when I talk about the, you know, Vinny and Guido and, and you know, a few <laughs> of my other buddies that I can send to you if you have a problem. Uh, but I think it was all because of the suits and because of the jersey reputation we had. Well, let's talk about some of those suits because, as you well know, I'm the I'm the proud owner. Yes, you of are. A former Hopex <laughs> suit, actually more than one. I actually have yeah. two. And yeah. uh, when I went into the Hall of Fame, they mentioned that I was wearing a suit from the Hopex line, and that about brought the house down. So let's yeah. talk about if you had to guess right now how many how many suits are you going to take to Nashville. Uh, let me see. Probably six. Okay. One for each start, day. We don't start till Monday. I mean, I'm not going to do it in a weekend. There's probably nothing going on a weekend. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, two suits a day. You know, one on the one yeah. during the day and one in the evening. Uh, there you go. Yeah. They mix it up. Maybe I'll take some sport coats this year. I, I don't know. We'll see how do you have? Do you have a tailor or do you have a? A haberdasher that you always go to that's your connection. I need uh, to know this because I need to. People ask me in Utah where I got that suit, and I said you can't buy this suit in Utah. You have to no, get you it can't. in New Jersey. You got to come. You got to come to Newark, New Jersey. Got to come to a place called Bella Vista, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, it's the same guy I deal with every year. Uh, it's uh, it's a little uh, off the beaten path, but it's a nice uh, nice opportunity to buy some different suits. Uh, as you know, I don't really wear the traditional, you know, blazer and, uh, and a gray suit. I'm, uh, I think I, uh, I set a little, little bit of a different trend by the suits I wear. And, and a sad, not the sad, the irony of it, people want to know, you know, it, do I wear anything other than suits? And obviously I do. <laughs> well, it's, that's obvious to, to those that know, but I, I know I've, I've probably got, uh, I'm guessing close to a dozen pictures of you and I. Yeah. Now I'm wearing either one of two suits, but every yeah. time I get a picture with you, you're wearing a different suit. Different one. I know. I know. I try to. I try to get a couple of different ones every year. Uh, you know, I also sent some suits to some other people in the in the NIAAA. You know, Bruce. Yeah. I sent one to Bruce. You know, I sent one to Doug Kilgore. Doug Kilgore, uh, and, and yeah, they the both wore like those. He, yeah, that looks like he looks like he's uh, wearing an Italian uh, tablecloth. The one I got for Doug. <laughs> yes, we traded jackets in Phoenix and because mine was uh, uh, that uh, deeper red color. And so I put on his jacket and he put on mine. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Let's get back to the serious question sure. now, Bob. Talk about you started as an AD in 72. So yep. that's 50 years ago. Yeah. I want you to talk about the job of athletic director today, athletic administrator, and how it's different from when you first started in 72 when you didn't know anything about it well when the first time when, when i became the director of athletics the, the guy who followed threw a set of keys on the desk and said here you go son uh, it's all yours uh, good luck uh i had to do the schedules i had to pick up the try to get officials you know get transportation um plus i i mean, when i first took the job i had to teach as well i had uh, two or three mm. classes a day uh so it was a little bit different than it, well, not a little bit, a lot different than what it is today. Uh, 
Today, you have directors of athletics for most part, especially in New Jersey. You've got to be certified. You have to have a principal certification in New Jersey to serve in the capacity. In 1983, uh, New Jersey became probably the first state that required certification for directors of athletics because um, some of the boards of education in our school districts were appointed by the mayors of the city. So you could have appointed a person that was a, you know, a high school dropout or a sixth grade dropout and he or she could have became the director of athletics at your high school. So we uh, wanted to have some kind of uh, credibility. So we became certified uh, through a long process. The governor finally signed our legislation for us. Um, but now the, the job is whereby people are, uh, have secretaries, they, have, uh, uh, they gain tenure in the position which they didn't before. Uh, it's not an ancillary job, now it's a salary job. Um, we have assigners now for the different sports. We have schedulers to you know, make sure that your uh, conference schedules are, are appropriate. And you have people that are dealing with transportation uh, uh, throughout the school district. So th those things are definitely the, the plus. Plus, you, know, you have an administrative assistant, which probably does a lot more work than they should for, for us today. So it's a drastic change. And uh, one of the downfalls, I think, Mark, from New Jersey standpoint is when we became certified, that gave the principals an opportunity and superintendents to say, you know, in your job description, all others as as the directed by your supervisor. Um, so a lot of ADs became uh, department chair people, um, you know, dealing with the cafeteria, dealing with the custodians, dealing with the facilities, dealing with uh, different departments. Uh, uh, so it became a, a nightmare. So for what good things that happened, there were some bad issues as well. But I think overall, uh, the certification and, and us all being certified with the principal certification uh, was a blessing. And uh, uh, that was the biggest change that we made. That's some great insight. Let me ask you for a moment yeah, sure. to share your journey with the DAANJ and the NIAAA. How did you first get involved with the New Jersey Association? And then how did you get involved with the yeah. national group? Well, as uh, our constitution indicates that our directors of athletics association, we have 21 counties and every county has a representative that serves on our DAANJ board of trustees. Uh, I was from Somerset, Hunterton County. Uh, and when one of our um, retired, one of our directors of athletics from that area retired, he recommended me for the position. Uh, so I got that position, I think in early, maybe 76, 77. Uh, so I was very young on that committee as well. Uh, then from there, uh, I just rose through the ranks in our own, our own association. Uh, and then I had the opportunity through our section to represent the NIAAA as on the board of directors, or excuse me, board of, board of executive directors, yeah. Uh, so our turn, so they elected me, selected me from New Jersey to fill that position. Uh, and that's how I became a member of the uh, you know, executive board of the NIAAA and it was a great experience. Became part of the certification committee, uh, I mean, excuse me, credentials committee. Uh, had an opportunity to take a lot of LTI courses, I had the opportunity to you know, sit for John Olson. Uh, and I had the opportunity to also have an opportunity to sit next to Frank Kovaleski at every meeting. Uh, it was like a dunce, there was like a hat there. I'd come in and sit down at the board meeting and all of a sudden Frank would say, Bob, sit next to me. I have no idea what I did, but that's where my chair, that's where my chair was every time we had a board meeting. That's great. Share some other stories from your time on the board. Maybe a couple of people you remember serving with and 
and some of the uh, some of the off hours things that you got to participate in while you were on the board. Well, I remember the uh, one of the funny stories I think I remember the most, and we still talk about it, was when uh, uh, Jeff Dietschy was applying for, I think maybe uh, one of the positions, maybe the president, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, he was a new person on the board, and maybe he was just a new person coming in, and he had to you know, give him an explanation about himself, why he was here, where he was from. And he was going on and on and on. Finally, I pulled my hanky out of my back pocket and I started waving my white hanky. I just <laughs> said, Jeff, we surrender. And from that point on, every time we had a meeting, Jeff said, is it okay if I talk now? Can I talk now? <laughs> and that was really, and that, everybody talks about that in our, in our meeting. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I made some great friends, uh, you know, Joel Eskelson from Tennessee, obviously now, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kiki from hawaii sure. obviously uh, rich burton i mean martin and you know you met so many great people throughout the throughout your tenure on there I had an opportunity to spend some time with bruce you know whitehead uh there was just so many great memories of that but uh more importantly just the friendships that we've had and i've traveled to different parts of the country now because of my relationships with the people i met on the board or through the NIAAA conventions uh, some great people some great memories yeah that's awesome. Let me have you share some of your successes. Before you became the executive director, you were a coordinator for the state of New Jersey. And of course, you were at the September coordinators meeting every year because right, I'd see right. you there. Yeah. Let's share some of your successes as the coordinator in New Jersey and what share what that was like for our listeners. Well, one of the best things that we did was I said that when we first, Jersey became, I said, certified. So most of our people really didn't have to take the LTI courses to to uh, you know, have any kind of certification, you know, like a CAA or CMMA, uh, next or CMAA next to their name, because you had to have that certification to begin with to serve in that capacity. But uh, we started offering the courses, and I think one of the successes we had was that now we have a uh, uh, majority of our ADs uh, are now certified athletic administrators because of the uh, uh, our push to uh, offer the courses in New Jersey throughout the state. We just had a workshop on the 31st where we offered uh, 501 to uh, about 33, uh, believe it or not, new ADs. Uh, it's hard to keep mm. ADs anymore. Uh, with the, the turnover, it's unbelievable now uh, with uh, you know the job responsibilities. But anyway, um, having our, our people being able to take those courses and become certified with those initials, become so-called expert in the field, which is important to us. And also we were able to get the middle school people involved because of the LTI courses. So I think those are those are very important issues that we still deal with. And we offer two or three courses every year during the year, plus at our workshop, we have three or four courses. That's excellent. Let's talk for a moment now talk about the legendary Frank Baldacino in New Jersey and Frank retired. And so talk about how you, the Godfather then became the head of the, the DAANJ. Well, we only had three executive directors. Uh, Virgil Sasso was our first one, 1951. We're the oldest organization, by the way, in in the country. Uh, And then when Virgil passed away, uh, the torch was passed to Frank. Uh, Frank then retired four years ago, and uh, we had applications. Uh, I interviewed for the position. 
I thought I was gonna, I thought I was at the Nuremberg trials. As a matter of fact, when I interviewed between <laughs> nine or 10 different executive board members, I really didn't realize how, how uh, intensive the, the, the uh, interview process was. Um, there was four other people that interviewed uh, and I got a call and indicated that they would like to have me uh, serve in that capacity. Uh, I think I was the oldest one as far as experience goes, uh, Mark, with the, the many years that I served in that capacity on, on the board. And I, you know, I, I wore several hats as you know, I was the LTI coordinator. I was in charge of the workshops. I was in charge of mm-hmm. uh, our vendors for the works uh, for our, our annual conventions. So, you, you know, you, you wore many, many hats. And because of that, I think it was uh, just uh, not that everybody else wasn't qualified. I just think they, with my years of experience helped out. And because of the contacts I had throughout the country, I think that was very, uh, very helpful as well. Now, I want to get back to maybe a humorous side here. I was I was told by a nameless AD in New Jersey, you'll know who I'm talking about, that I need to talk to you. I hate that pop the, manual. About the DA, manual. the DA NJ pop <laughs> manual. And so I'm, I'm asking you right away, because uh, Bobby Rossi said that, well, when you get the Godfather on, you need to talk to about the pop yeah, manual. Yeah, so I'm putting yeah, it in yeah. your court yeah, and letting yeah. you talk about the pop manual. I hate that pop manual. And I was one of the ones that created it with Rossi. It was me, him, and John DeCola, and Teddy Delesio. Uh, you know, it's like it's like a handbook that you have at a high school, Mark. When mm-hmm. you suspend a kid or the, you kick him off the team and a parent calls and says, you know, why did you kick my son off, my daughter off your team because of X, Y, and Z? And I, you would say, well, if you read the handbook, it tells you in there why he was disciplined or why he or she was, you know, <laughs> removed from the team. So the only time really people look at it is when something pops up that's important. Uh, and uh, it was, like I said, a brainstorm of Rossi. And he, helped, he let me and Jim Colvin and Teddy D'Alessio involved with it. Uh, we don't call it the Bible anymore like we used to. Now it's a recommendation of it's following the <laughs> regulations. Since Rossi's no longer there, I got rid of it. Now it's just a recommendation. <laughs> It's more yeah, like it's, it was, it's it that was, word from it, pirates. It's more like a guideline, really. It's a guideline. It was a good work in progress. I mean, it, it had everything in there. I mean, even to the, you know, the clothes you're going to wear when you make a presentation it was very comprehensive. Uh, but uh, it is a good guideline. It, it, we do follow it. Yes. But, but thanks to Rossi. And I hate that well, thing, Rossi. That for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Rossi's now living down in Florida. So he's living a good life. Yeah, he's far he's away from me. So yeah. let's, and since we're talking about Bobby, a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine, yeah, share with our audience, because I'm not sure everyone knows this, the fact that you and uh, Rossi get a chance to attend the final four, which is a yeah. huge sporting event every year and, and talk about how that happened. I know how I had Bobby talk about it when he was on, oh, but just froze up I here. want you to talk about from your end. Uh, Bob and I've been going to the final four. For, he's been going longer than I've, I've only known for about 18 years. We meet each year and uh, we spend some time together. Uh, 18 years, Bobby, well, Bobby's been doing a long longer than me. He was a, uh, for those that don't know, he was a college uh, basketball coach. Uh, so that's how he started going uh, way, way back when. Uh, but we meet up each year, wherever it may be. Uh, and we talk about things relevant to the sports, talk about things more importantly about uh, our families and how we're both doing. Uh, as I said, Bob and I go back a long way. I was the athletic director at high school where his school was a, a member of our conference while he was a basketball coach uh, serving in that capacity. Uh, 
So we go back a long, long ways and uh, became very good friends. And we still are. Uh, we talk probably once a week, maybe once every other week. Um, he fills me in on what's going on in Florida. And I fill him in on what he's missing here in New Jersey. And then he tells me how grateful he is that he's not back here in New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. So you were in the, uh, he was at Hunterdon. And, and so. He was at South Hunterdon High School, yeah. And you got him into the job as AD, as I remembered. Is that well, correct? Or, or you I helped? Him into it. I helped him get into that position. Yeah. Yeah. And when he applied from, uh, from Hunter and Central, which was the school in our, our conference as well. Yeah. It was time. It was time for me to get out of coaching. Uh, you know, he's got a lot to offer. Uh, he was a bright young man then. He still is. So he had a lot to offer. And still so, we still include, we still ask him to get involved with our stuff as well here in Jersey. Uh, you know, he's on a couple of committees in our national committee. We make award presentations and we make nominations. We get Bob involved with that as well. As we do with Frank, by the way, we started talking about Frank Valdecano. Uh, uh-huh. I didn't replace him. I just took the job over since he retired. Uh, but he does our room reservations for us yet. We keep him involved with our associate. He's still a member of our board of trustees. A lot of experience there. Well, and I might add that I'm an honorary member of your board of trustees. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> you you and like Kiki Kiki from Hawaii is a member of Section One. Honorary yeah, member th- of Section One. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Share this question is dated now because the, yeah. the question is share your observations about the recent 2021 conference, but that's actually been eight or nine months ago. Yeah. But talk yeah. about being in Denver and talk about the different feel after being away and missing Tampa and talk about it from your perspective. Cause I've asked this to some other ADs. Well, anytime you get an opportunity Mark to share with fellow colleagues, uh, no matter where it may be, it's a great, great, great um, privilege for me. Uh, as I said, I made so many friends over the years where it be Denver, be it Tampa, be it, you know, Grace, uh, uh, grapevine it could be any place uh the workshops offer so many opportunities for professional development uh and sometimes i think that may take a little bit away from the conferences uh you know the nuts and bolts uh uh, i think right now our workshops are being driven by the lti courses which i think sometimes uh is a little bit overboard Uh, um i'm in the minority with that i know but i think that uh i'd never like to hear some more we call them cracker barrels and we call them informational meetings where we can have people talk about issues that are relevant today. Uh, mm-hmm. but other than that, the workshops I think are great. I'll, I'll never miss them as long as I'm able to be above ground. That's excellent. And <clears throat> you'll be in Nashville early Thursday or you're arriving Friday? Arriving Friday. We'll be arriving Friday afternoon. Yes, I'll have to get. Uh, I'll have to check and make sure that the entourage is there to welcome the Godfather into the uh, <laughs> yeah into the Opryland there. How about that, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's just, we've been there before, so it's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a two-part question, Godfather. Sure. When I ask what's the favorite part of your job, I want to know what was the favorite part of your job when you were building AD, and then I want to know what's the favorite part of your job now that you're the executive director in New Jersey? Two different answers. Yep. The favorite part of my job when I worked was the interaction I had with the student athletes. Uh, They were great. Uh, That and sharing my daily uh, walks to different classrooms and and, and, uh, having an opportunity to to say hi to some some kids and some kids that are 
uh, little challenge. That was, that was my best days uh, as an athletic director. Uh, what I, what I, my best days now is the fact that I still have an opportunity to stay connected. Uh, I still talk to people on a daily basis and that uh, I have support of the colleagues that I work with. And uh, as I said, met so many friends and it's, it's been an opportunity that, uh, you know, uh, I, I would have, I would have been disappointed if I hadn't had that, that, that opportunity. Uh, but it's been a nice ride for me. I can hopefully I can continue to do it, but uh, I, I don't miss the phone calls from the moms and dads, <laughs> you know, complaining about, you know, why their son or daughter hasn't played. Uh, I don't miss, you know, the, the transportation buses that go the wrong way or, the, you know, they get a postponement and try to reschedule. Uh, or they don't show happy. up. Yeah, they don't show up is right. Uh, or that official doesn't show up. Uh, um, other than that, uh, I wouldn't have traded my job for anything, Mark. I was very, very fortunate at a very young age to, be, to have a great opportunity uh, to make a, uh, I think, a name for myself throughout the state of New Jersey. And hopefully uh, my many friends uh, share the same support that I do. Great answers. Thanks for sharing that, Godfather. Let's finish up with a couple of questions. The first sure. being, I need two suggestions from the Godfather. And since they're from the Godfather, that means everyone across this <laughs> nation is going to be listening. Yeah, right. Two yeah. suggestions for a brand new AD. They need to follow these suggestions in order to be successful. What would those two suggestions be from your point of view? Never miss anything that your sons and or daughters are involved with. Even if you have to take a day off work, if you have to miss a couple hours and go back in the evening, do not miss any family time. Remember, those kids grow up too quickly and you're doing a lot more babysitting for kids that aren't yours. So never ever miss an assembly, uh, an awards assembly, an academic assembly, uh, and be there for, for, for your whole family. Uh, the other issue is this, uh, remember there's only so many hours a day. Uh, we work too many hours as it is today. Uh, you know, if you get it done in eight hours, fine. If you don't, that's no problem. Get it, wait till tomorrow. Uh, don't over, over, uh, overload yourself because uh, it's not worth it. Your health is more important. Thank you. Let me finish with this. Godfather, what question should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? <clears throat> hmm, that's a good question. Uh, None. I guess I'm I'm happy with the interview here. Uh, I'm, I'm hope I had an opportunity to share some some things that some of it was personal, which I don't really know if I should share relative to you know. I know you asked me about my career in college. Uh, you know, look it up. Go follow it up. I, I'm not going <laughs> to tout myself as as anything other than what I was. Uh, just had a nice opportunity. Again, as I said, if it wasn't for sports, I wouldn't have went to college. I would not have gone anywhere only because I got cut my senior year in high school, and I wanted to prove that the uh, the school I got cut from made a big, big mistake. And uh, I was the only one that went on to college and played, by the way, off my team. No other, no, nobody else from my football team went on. Um, so I'm very proud of that. I think that's valuable information, Bob, because in 64, it's no different than uh, 2022. There are kids yeah. that are in school because of athletics. And we yeah. know that. And that's why it's so important that we have great athletic administrators that can coach the coaches up so they can be great coaches. Sure. So I, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. That wraps it up for this edition of the UI AAA Connection. Once again, our guest today has been the godfather, 
Bob Hopek, CMAA Executive Director of the Directors of Athletics Association of New Jersey. Godfather, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, Mark, thank you. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Right? Yeah, you as well. For our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UIAAA Connection. <laughs>